0: Well, this morning we're going to look at uh, this time of transition in the life of Jesus and His disciples. Uh, Where we were at before in our study of the book of Mark, Jesus had ended His public preaching ministry. He had finalized uh, all that He wanted to do for the masses in what they needed to hear and know. But He's not done with His disciples yet. Jesus is going to take every opportunity while he's still on earth to teach and train his disciples. He won't waste any time or any opportunity. We're going to be reading this morning from uh, Mark chapter 14, uh, verses 12 through 21. And may God grant us his spirit as we read and meditate on that this morning. Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. The disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and say to him, one after another, is it I? And he said to them, it is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes, just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. It is a unusual story for us to hear um, about this time in Jesus' life. And up to this point, and continuing on from here, the disciples have been in this place of, of living life and doing life with Jesus all along the way. For for three years or so now, Jesus has been with them day after day, teaching and training and showing and explaining to them the things about um, who He is, revealing piece by piece a little bit more of His own identity to them so they, they come to a fullness of that. He showed the crowds around as well who He was in in very guarded ways so as not to um, give them uh, a a skewed perspective of who He is. Not just a healer. Not just one who casts out demons. Not just one who feeds people. Not one who just has a, a good message for you from time to time. But far more profound than that. And Jesus has been doing life with His disciples very intimately And now they're going to uh, celebrate with Jesus one of these great occasions for the Jewish people, Passover. This will be a time of of great remembrance. And they're going to do this with Jesus too. And so as disciples would, uh, they ask, how can we go and get everything ready so we can do this thing with you? Jesus has been doing these kinds of things all along with them. Um, Now He's going to uh, reveal to them in this this, uh, celebration time again. And we're assuming that they've done this together uh, more than once. If they've been doing this for a few years, this would have been an occurrence they've done before. And He's going to engage with them this time in a way different than the other times. This one will be a particularly pointed learning session for them in understanding what is taking place in their celebration and what Jesus has to do with that and what it will mean for them. I, I, I noticed as I was reading the text, um, they want to go and prepare. Tell us, um, how do we do this? We, we need to prepare for this And Jesus says, well here, um, go into the city, find this person, you'll recognize him, follow him, go speak to the master of the house, it's all set. I was so uh, taken back by that, that as they want to prepare the Passover so that they can do that together, Jesus says, well, I'm kind of one step ahead of you already there's already a man that's going to be making his place available. And, and you'll find that man if you follow these instructions. I, I found that very curious that, that while they wanted to prepare, he was already in that process. It, it just made me stop and think. And I want you to hang on to that thought for a moment. Because when he gets to the place where they're going to celebrate the Passover, when they finally do get to this upper room and they're going to share the meal together, um, he has this uh, statement that by all rights is a party killer. One of you. Speaking to the twelve, one of you will betray me. Whatever joyful celebration they were hoping for in this time, that had to dampen the mood seriously. Directing his words to his closest friends, the disciples that he's choosing to work with so that they can carry on the ministry, one of you... Is going to betray me. Th- that's that's not a big surprise. In some ways, uh, they've been they've been uh, knowing that Jesus is going to be betrayed and handed over. He keeps he keeps trying to prepare them. Three times he tried to prepare them. He told them back in Mark ten. Uh, he said, uh, before they went to Jerusalem. See, we're we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn Him to death and deliver Him over to the Gentiles. They will mock Him, spit on Him, and flog Him and kill Him and after three days He'll rise. It wasn't too long before where we're at here that Jesus was talking about this happening he would be betrayed and handed over so that he would be beaten and killed. The shocking part is, Jesus now says, the betrayer will be one of you. That had to have just hit them all like a ton of bricks. And that that brings up this uh, theological question in our minds, doesn't it? That one of the chosen twelve handpicked by Jesus through prayer is going to betray him to death. Why did Jesus pick that one? And here uh, in this section, um, the person isn't named. We, we came through that because before the Passover is ready, just before this passage, uh, we are informed that Judas is the one who is looking for the opportunity to do that. Judas, one of the cho- chosen twelve, is going to betray his master. Well, maybe we shouldn't put that that way, other than putting it in quotes like that. His teacher, his leader, not his Lord, not his master, not his Savior. Judas is going to betray him. And with all those theological questions that hang out there, uh, setting that aside too, something that's just as shocking, I think, in the passage is that nobody seemed to know who it was. Nobody said, Aha! I knew it all along. It's Judas or it's James and John. They've been jockeying for position and maybe they're just tired of playing second fiddle so they didn't go around the room and all point the finger at somebody. What they said was, our text says, uh, is it I? That's not quite the the tense to put that. Uh, They're asking it in the negative. It isn't I, is it? It won't be me, will it? And I think all of them probably at a place where, certainly not I. Something about what they thought about themselves, they thought they were excluded from that. And one by one, it says, they went around the table and they all said the same thing. Surely not me. They weren't pointing the finger, they were were checking themselves off the list. You wonder how that had to have happened if they're, if they're around a the table. You know, we, we sit around a table, and sometimes when we're around a table as a group we'll, we'll uh, um, do a time of prayer together. Well, one of the easy ways to do prayer together uh, when you're sitting at a round table is just to go around the circle. Cal, would you start? And we, we get around and, and so-and-so will finish. So so imagine they're all around the table and Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. And they start, and maybe, it, maybe it's John sitting on his side, as John would often do, leaning up against Jesus. Surely not I, right? And with each new passing disciple, the chances of it being the next one are that much greater. And they're all in this place where they're, not sure who it is, but they're pretty certain it's not themselves. I wonder if there's great confidence that all of them could say, I could never do that except one did. Because we're going to find out that they're all going to actually fall short of what they need to be. But at this point, they're they're excluding themselves from the list. And in Mark's account, we don't have uh, that last interaction with Judas and Jesus. That's not necessary for what Mark wants us to understand. There are more details that we can find about this if we want to learn more about that. But Mark brings us what we need to know about what's happening here. I thought it was interesting to note, too, that what Jesus says after they all get done saying, Surely not I. Jesus says, as they're, as they're celebrating the Passover, remember the Passover, um, they have been spared from death. God has passed over His people that trusted in the blood and they were spared from death. They're celebrating freedom from captivity, Freedom from death, being set free from that, liberated from everything that they remember in the past. Set free from death. And Jesus says it would be better if he was not even alive. Never would have been alive. As they're remembering being set free from death, Jesus said it would be better if that man actually was never born. That would be better than for him to face the death that's coming for him yet. There is no freedom for that one. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, though, you never heard, it's never been recorded anywhere, where Jesus has this awkward relationship with Judas. Maybe maybe there was, and it just isn't necessary for for it to be recorded. But even when you see Jesus interacting with Judas, it isn't this um, overly condemning, hostile attitude towards him. Jesus has always been very kind and loving. He doesn't retaliate. And for the last three years, Judas was a part of all of that. That helps shape our own understanding of how to live in our world. It also did not deter Jesus. This wasn't a setback that that one of his disciples was going to do this because he's been saying all along that it's going to happen. He is going to be handed over. But when he makes the announcement that it's going to be one of you, that's not a a setback for Jesus it's not a deal breaker it's not going to it's not going to undo the plan at all he's going to keep going on he's had all kinds of opposition already all along the way the religious leaders of his day and the and the political powers are are at odds with him and they have since the beginning trying to find a way to put him to death and he never let it stop him he would, he would often do what he needed to do to make sure that it didn't happen before he had determined that it would. He would tell people not to reveal who he was so that it doesn't cause an unnecessary stir yet. There's a time coming where they're going to know exactly who I am. Now is not the time. He was very careful in his ministry and how he did those things. But it didn't deter Jesus at all. He keeps going on with the mission that his father has for him. Go back. I said, I said uh, at the beginning here when they went into, when they talked to Jesus to make uh, these plans, we, we want to we prepare the Passover. And Jesus said, okay, well, here's what you need to do go into the city, look for the man carrying the jug of water, follow him, find the house that he's going to. And talk to the master of the house. All these things, very specific things, not just uh, go over there and start asking people. Hey, do you have a place where we can um, use a room? Jesus has it all laid out already. You will even find the right one to lead you to the right house. You don't need to ask questions; just follow directions. Do that, and you'll see that I already have it prepared. That's the way Jesus works in our lives too. Uh, you may be facing uh, something. Uh, so this uh, change of the year, we we look we look forward to that. Um, hopefully, uh, we we look back, we take inventory over the last year. We we look forward with hopeful anticipation for the new year. Maybe there's not just that hopeful anticipation because we have people that are in the place where this new year is going to mean something difficult. So if you think of what Jesus is revealing here, uh, if you have plans for what is going to happen next, listen to Jesus. He has preparations already made for you. Whatever you're going to face, whatever unknowns there are down the road, He's already preparing something for you. Good things to celebrate. Trials to get through. Difficult circumstances. He's already been working with His disciples to prepare them for for the, the hostility and the challenge that they will face. If you remember just a chapter back, He said, Brother will deliver brother over to death. So if you want to know how you're going to respond, if if somebody close to you is going to betray you, brother will hand brother over to death and a father, his child, and the children will rise against parents and have them put to death and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. He lets us know ahead of time that these things are going to happen but he's going to get you through them. Prior to giving that, so backing up once again, he said this, be on your guard. They will deliver you over to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. In the midst of our own trials, God has prepared something for you, a way to endure and a way to make Him known. What a wonderful combination there. A, a way to get through a trial and a way to lift up God at the same time. And the Gospel, it says, the Gospel must first be proclaimed to all the nations. And when they bring you over to trial, when you are in this place where you need to rely heavily on God, Don't be anxious about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will be there with you to lead you into that as well. There is a preparation being made for each of us that Jesus is already planning for. He's already a few steps ahead of you in your life. There's a man with a jar going to a house and he has something ready for you already. What a wonderful thing for us to count on that whatever joy is ahead of us, whatever victory we're going to uh, find in Jesus' name, He has that prepared already. He has the circumstances. He has the people in place. He has this wonderful way of, of doing those kinds of things. And if you're facing a difficult trial, and I'm speaking to some of you, and maybe I'm speaking to you and we don't even know it yet, that in this year you're going to face a difficult trial. He's already there preparing for you. He's already a few steps ahead of you. And what you want to celebrate, He's there making preparations for. And if in the midst of that you find yourself in great trial... And somebody close to you even would turn their backs on you. He's preparing you for that too. Whatever we face, Jesus has always been a step or so ahead of us. And now on this side of the cross, we have that great confidence that we can live in Him in that way because He has already gone through it. He is the one with the Father that knows the beginning from the end. He knows your path already. He knows what's going to what it's going to take to bring you through that. He knows the obstacles that stand in your way. He will put things in your path so that you can celebrate a victory so you're not losing heart. He will bring encouragement to you. Paul I think Paul looking back on his own life, uh, look back at um, the things that he could remember, what Jesus showed him in these visions about who he is, and he can read, he can hear the stories from the other apostles, he has the Old Testament, he sees the faithfulness of God, and he knows what Christ has done for him. He can say with confidence, uh, I have been crucified with Christ. So I no longer live but Christ lives in me. He's already prepared the way for me. I live my life in Him now and He leads me into all those things. We came through, many of us this past year, reading through all of uh, all of Scripture. Those are great exercises for us to be reminded time after time of the Uh, beautiful stories that exist to give you the courage you need to face a new year, a new trial, a new circumstance. Because He's done it time after time after time already. He's shown Himself faithful to do that. He isn't going to stop now. So you and I, we don't live in our own strength. I can't do that. You can't do that you don't have the strength in and of yourself to face whatever is coming to you this year. But we don't have to count on our own strength. As Jesus is about to give His life, as He's about to sit down with the, the last meal with His disciples, He's letting them know that there's something already prepared, And regardless of somebody coming against Him, it does not stop Jesus from carrying out the plan God has for Him. So when we look at this story, you can be confident too that there are uh, things ahead of you that are already set. And regardless of who might come against you, you can get through that. He will give you the strength Our union with Christ will bring us through every trial. He's been preparing His disciples for that. And they are all going to experience that. They will hand you over. They will beat you. They will flog you. They will kill you. Almost all of them had to go through that. And many since then. But Jesus prepared them all for that. So you and I can stand with confidence knowing that we can celebrate the victories He has planned for us. Remembering and proclaiming the good things that uh, are from the past that that give us that strength and giving us hope and courage for a future that may be or will be. uh, Coming with obstacles, coming with opposition. And you and I can make it through that. I have been crucified with Christ as well. So the life I live, now I live in the flesh by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus is at that place right now where he's going to give himself for his disciples, for his followers. So that you and I can have the confidence as we continue as disciples living in him. Father, thank you for the timeless truth of your word. In all the different things that we see in there, even as the disciples sat down to remember and celebrate a a meal that uh, was set in place thousands of years before already. And they remembered the deliverance. They remembered being set free. They remembered being spared from death. They sat down and they remembered those things and they celebrated that. And so help us, Father, to remember Your goodness, Your faithfulness, Your justice, Your, your love, Your mercy. And may we count on that in this year. It is in Your very character to continue to do that. And so we rely heavily on You for this coming year. Whatever we may face, we have also been prepared. You have equipped us to face whatever is coming our way. And so thank you, Jesus, for even at this last point of um, being together with the twelve, even where one would fall away, still preparing them all. So speak to us through your word daily. Encourage us and strengthen us so that we too can expect something wonderful to happen in this year and give us the strength both in our health, in our bodies, our minds, and in our spirits to carry out what you have laid out for us, those things that you have already prepared for us. May we see those things and look forward to those things with great anticipation, being strengthened by our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.